0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. It is a Monday morning. It is February 28th. We're right on the verge of March. It is spring in Iowa. Asterisk. It's not really spring. We're going to have like a fake spring. And then we'll get hit with snow again, insert Iowa joke here, at the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. We talk about stuff. We spend a lot of time chasing rabbit trails. We spend a lot of time telling you about our sermon series, about how to get connected at Living Water Community Church, and about how to make sure that you stay on top of the calendar and know the events that are coming up. And one of the requests that we often have is to kind of get the business said right away in case you want to tune out, in case you want to not listen through all those rabbit trails and all that kind of thing. And so we want to do a couple of things right away. We want to send thoughts and prayers to everyone in the crisis situation in Ukraine. Does that sound right, Jesse? Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's, that's really difficult. I mean, obviously... We're all aware of what's going on in Ukraine and, and with Russia invading. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really big humanitarian problem, regardless of politics. I think everyone can agree that what is happening over there is devastating. So, thoughts and prayers to the people of Ukraine. Thoughts and prayers, honestly, to the people of, uh, of Russia as they are now experiencing some of the blowback from it. It's just, it's tough. I said in our congregational prayer yesterday that, uh, the world, not only because of that, but because of the last two years of crisis, the world is aching and crying out for the Lord, and it, it needs Him now more than ever. And so just keep the world in your prayers, because we're, we're, we're crying for Him. So
0: I think uh, there's several things that come to my mind. Uh, I think you touched on a couple of them. It's so easy for us to try to decide who to pray for and say this side, that side, uh, friends, enemies, good people, bad people. I would like to be more of a umbrella prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that God can change a Saul into a Paul, uh, knowing that God can do incredible things that we can't imagine, uh, making sure that we surround every side in prayer even praying for our enemies comes into play here. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, you know, in this situation, it's easy to pinpoint who the bad guy is, so right. to speak. Uh, but we have to remember that even the quote unquote bad guys need our prayers too. Uh, not only for their hearts to be changed, but also for uh, you know the the ramifications of uh, the people that they oversee because they're getting hit hard right. and. No one wants to see this happening, but yet here we are, yet another example of uh, fallen nature trying to destroy itself.
0: I think that's a big point, too, right, to take the theological perspective and to see that uh, this isn't new. Mm -hmm. Uh, The interesting thing that I often try to remember is when people use this as sort of a uh, this is the end of the world kind of thing, uh, wars and rumors of wars, this... Human strife is long-suffering. This has always been the case, right? Uh, We're we're evil at heart, and this is a manifestation of it. And so this is even some theological point to the Reformed belief, total depravity, right? Um, We could even chase this rabbit trail of it's not that every person is as bad as they could be, Mm -hmm. It's that every person has some sort of depravity in us, right? Exactly. And this picture of sin is the reality that this is what's in our heart, and this is how badly we need a Savior. The hope, then, is that all of it points back to Christ. Mm -hmm. All of the evil that man meant for harm, God is somehow going to use it for good. So could that be our prayer? God, somehow use this for good.
1: I, I think that's well said. I think that's possibly the only prayer that uh, that is that that matters, so to speak. I mean, prayers of protection, they matter. Prayers of hearts to be changed, they matter. But perhaps the most poignant, I should say, is all right, Lord. Somehow use this. We don't even see how you how you can, but we know that you will, and Amen. we we trust Him with it. And you know, kind of to take a little bit one step further. Uh, there's a lot of questions all the time. Is this the end of the world, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. I have not spoken more about the end of days anymore in my life than I have the last two and a half years mm-hmm. because people are scared. And i right. just like to reiterate that I know all this bad stuff keeps happening and we like to see our signs and our symbols of, of, you know, the end times. I must reiterate the end times started the second Jesus ascended. Right. And it has been the end times, quote unquote, ever since the ascension, because our work has not changed, our desire for Christ has not changed, and our expectation of his return remains the same. Amen. In other words, the end times have been here for 2,000 years, and Christ is still our hope, and that's why we still continue to do what we do.
0: Well said. We're, we've are we always been in the fourth quarter. Yep. This has always been the last chapter. This has been the time where the disciples were standing, waiting for Jesus to come back after he ascended because he told them, I will be coming soon. Yeah. And the angels, of course, had to remind the disciples, like, while you're waiting, go and do what he asks you to do. And then even John's uh, writing of the book of Revelation, what Christ asked him to write, behold, I am coming soon, Uh, not behold, I'm coming 2023, behold, I'm coming 2030, whatever. I'm coming soon. And so we've always been in this fourth quarter. It's really how do we wait well? How do we anticipate well? How do we do what we do in this day, not getting distracted by the things that can catch us up, but focus on his love, focus on being on doing according to him. Does yeah, that sound right? that's
1: exactly it. That's a really good point. How do we wait well? Right. I mean, because that's the entirety of our existence. How do we wait for Christ well? And that means not only having faith, but spreading the message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the gospel. Amen. Um, that's all we can do in the midst of this chaos of right. what the world has been and will continue to be. Right. So,
0: No great way to transition out of a very serious topic, but maybe this is a little bit of a step Uh, out of it. As we talk about waiting, as we talk about anticipating, one of the things that we are now involved in, especially marking on Wednesday as Ash Wednesday, is anticipating Easter. uh, This season called Lent. And so this would maybe be a good time for us to talk about what the series is going to be. We're actually going to combine together uh, Orange City and Sheldon And we're going to look at the same passage, and we're going to prepare for Easter in the same way, sort of, by looking at Psalm 23, right?
1: Yep, that's exactly it.
0: And Psalm 23 is something that actually got brought up uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Our children's director, Sue, was at the time thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we could say this verse together or say this passage together? And so she was working on a memory verse with the kids and kind of brought it up like, oh, man, I wonder if we could kind of as a church, like, unite around saying this verse over and over and over again. And so then uh, Jesse and I kind of talked through, like, what would it be like to zoom in on one verse per week and focus on what that particular verse is doing in preparation for something? Now, historically, it's not a passage that you think of for Easter, Uh, like, oh, I'm thinking of the gospel, I'm thinking of Easter, I'm going to go look at Psalm 23. And yet, we would really subscribe to a Reformed belief that says every verse has a point of a direction towards Jesus Christ. Yeah. In Psalm 23, there's going to be some specific ways that we can see that. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's... It's amazing to me how the the Holy Spirit always outlines things this way because none of us could have seen the chaos of the last week. None of us could have known what the beginning of this year was going to hold. But the idea of being united around a verse remains more pointed oh, and yeah. poignant than ever. Right. And Psalm 23, even when you say, The Lord is my shepherd, I, I lack nothing, or I shall not be in want if you're in the KJV. Uh, all of a sudden, to start off Easter by saying, by not only proclaiming who the Lord is and what he does for us, but also say, even in the midst of these struggles, he gives to us. We want nothing. We lack nothing. We need nothing other than his grace. Is so very important for Easter. So I think it ties in great. There's
0: so many times that this verse has been used, right? And so many ways that it has been used. Um, I know for a fact that I've, I bet you I've done dozen funerals that have centered on this verse
1: yeah almost every one
0: like it's just such a comfort it's such a familiar verse i want to get your opinion first off why like why is this one the one that people have centered on why is it this one that almost walking down the street i realize this is painting with a broad paintbrush but you say hey tell me psalm 23. Yeah. There's going to be a few words that they remember. There's going to be at least kind of a vague description of the psalm. Is that yep. possible? Like why why this one?
1: You know, and I think I think there's uh, there's three parts to the psalm basically. There's like, you know, proclaiming the Lord's greatness and then everyone remembers this part even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil, right. which is proclaiming that yeah, this time may be terrible but i still don't fear it i'm looking forward to the f- to the future without fear or trepidation because god is with me and then ending on god's goodness right i think that's kind of the through the flow of the thing and i think that brings people comfort in times of misery like funerals right because it reminds them that yeah things aren't okay and it gives them space to admit that while also acknowledging god's goodness and he's with them in that not Things being okay.
0: That's really well said. So um, there are sort of categories to Psalms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just searching for, do you remember Walter Brueggemann? I do. very um, well. There was a, a book that he wrote called The Spirituality of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And if I'm remembering correctly, it won't give me a, uh, a picture of it, but it has something to do with uh, orientation, like things are going correctly. Yeah. Disorientation, things are all up in the air and it's crazy. Yep. And then reorientation, yep. like God has brought me through it, and now we have a new path. Yep. And I remember this somewhere along the way. Somewhere, maybe it's in that book. Maybe I heard a pastor give this commentary on it. Psalm twenty-three is one of the few that has all three of those. Yeah, there's the orientation, everything is fine. There's the disorientation where everything is crazy. And there's the reorientation. Now we have a new way forward. Yep. And walking through all three of those, it's sort of all things to all people. Yeah. And and I say that uh, a little nervously because I don't mean to say, oh, I can find whatever I need in this one scripture. But there's the angle of walking through it in different contexts, right? Yeah. If I'm having a really hard day, Psalm 23, if I'm having a really great day, Psalm 23, yep. if I have no idea what's going on, like, where am I going to turn Psalm 23? Yeah. It, it fits kind of all of those things.
1: It just connects in whatever situation you're in. Right. It bring, it inspires hope and comfort in all situations. And in that way, I think not only is it the most memorable, but it's also the most quotable. And mm, those are two right. very specific differences. Right, right. Um. We, we remember and we acknowledge and we celebrate the fact that it connects with our hearts, but it's very few passages that connects with people's minds Right, like this one does. And that's why I think this one's so special because even non-religious people, they can go over the words, and though it may not connect with them on a spiritual level, it connects with them on a mental level. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden through that, the Holy Spirit works. So I, I think it's fantastic.
0: The hope, the plan is to take one verse at a time... Uh, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the Lent season. Uh, This upcoming Sunday will be our first Sunday, Mm -hmm. and we'll have six weeks to look at this psalm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hope is to do this very slowly, very methodically, very purposefully. Mm -hmm. And then one more addition uh, to the services is the hope, Lord willing, to celebrate communion every single Sunday yep. during the Lent season. Yep. Do you want to explain kind of why a little bit, and we'll go back and forth with some of that discussion?
1: Yeah, so there, there's a personal reason and there's a spiritual reason. The personal reason for me is because I find uh, that celebrating communion is, um, I would say it, how would you put it, edifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I subscribe, as Gary knows, to the Calvin belief that We should do communion more often than less often right uh so i have no problem serving it every week and the reason behind that is because of the spiritual reason is because we believe that in communion the holy spirit is the the lord savior jesus christ through the power of the holy spirit is present right and partaking is of the sacrament is not only a way to remember the sacrifice of what he did on easter but it's also to proclaim our belief in the in the risen and ascended God who will return again. Right. It's our way of joining with what Christ has done in our spirituality to pick up his cross and follow him while also acknowledging the sacrifice that he has given for us that gives us eternal life. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it's not just a, some, an ordinance that we remember, it's also not all the way salvific, but it's right there in that sweet spot of the middle where the Lord's Supper is uh, something tangible that we can hold on to that reassures our faith. Does that make sense?
0: I think so. And, and what I kept hearing in your language there is hold on to, see, yeah, uh, purposeful. Yep. And my question out of that, sorry for not kissing the mic. Kiss the mic. Kiss the mic. Um, my question out of that is then why not? Why not do it every week?
1: Great question.
0: So let's chase that rabbit trail. Why does Living Water subscribe to just once a month? Why do probably most churches, uh, especially in the Reformed camp, subscribe to once a month? Why, yeah. why is the reasoning there?
1: You know, I think a lot of it has to do with we want to keep the sacrament, quote-unquote, special. We, we want to keep it as a sacrament, not just something that we do every week single Sunday just because that's what we do. Right. And the argument goes that if you have it every single week, it just becomes another part of Sunday. It just becomes another act that you go through rather than something that is a celebration. Right. I don't necessarily. Now, this is just me. I don't necessarily uh, agree with that. I'm one of those weird old school guys. And I know despite my appearance, I'm very old school. That prefers to have it once a week mm-hmm. p- for the reasons that we mentioned before. But I completely understand um, the churches who wish to do it less frequently because they want to uphold it to a standard of something special. So
0: I had this, uh, actually, maybe ironically, had this discussion a little bit last night with a conversation um, sort of defending that it's only once a month. Yep. And I would probably lean closer to you like yeah why not let's just do it every week because it's that special because it's that meaningful yep but yet i can see the point like i'm not it's not going to be something that i uh really fight for hey we have to do this every week right um this is the language i was using last night the reason that we don't do it that often is because of what you said the specialness holding on to it if you had a birthday every day, then that one day a year becomes a little bit more, uh, a little less more looked forward to, right. uh, a little a little less surrounding the day with something different. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also would put an asterisk on what I just said. Even it's not. Like anything else, right. it's it's different from everything else. it's It's not like every Sunday. It's not like a birthday. It is a holy sacrament. yeah. And the reason that it is different is because Christ commanded us to do it. Mm-hmm. The reason that it is different is because we believe Christ is incredibly present in, around, through, over, above, all over that table, yeah, all over the hearts as they celebrate it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and this is what makes our reformed doctrine of of the I know we're getting into doctrinal stuff. So if you're not interested, my apologies, but this is what makes our reformed doctrine a little bit more distinctive than, say, the Lutherans and Catholics and Baptists is the presence of Christ, the, mm-hmm. the real presence of Christ at the at the actual sacrament itself. Uh, it, it's not a simple remembrance. We actually believe that he is he's present. He's right. there. And another differentiation is that we believe that and we say this i think you say this as well in in the the homily the blessing we give before just as this food nourishes us spiritually so this food does through through christ and the power of the holy spirit nourish us spiritually so it's something that nourishes us spiritually to christ which right. is exactly why Many people or some people think we should do it every week because it is so spiritually nourishing. Right. So
0: there's liturgy, right? There's yeah. there's words that uh, the Reformed Church of America, that the Christian Reformed Church of America suggest we use. Yep. And living water is able to be a little... Uh, A a little more laid back on you don't have to say exactly those words, but more use those words as a guideline. Yep. And I guess I appreciate, that's kind of my speed. Uh, The liturgy is there so that we can have these boundaries of celebrating correctly. Yeah. And that liturgy is, of course, built on scripture, of course, built on when Christ himself celebrated it. Yep. Of course, built on when Paul gave instructions on celebrating. I believe it's in Corinthians, right? Yep. And maybe somewhere else, too. Yep. Um, but he gives these instructions. And the interesting thing, then, is to take those guidelines and to know your boundaries and to know that we're not just celebrating it on a whim. We're not just, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, this Sunday we decided to celebrate communion. Yeah. This is something that we prepare our hearts for. Uh, this is something that we confess our sins before. This is something that we ask the Lord to be present in. Yep. And the cool pendulum that swings back and forth is, don't make this a, well, if I'm not totally, quote-unquote, clean, yeah. if I'm not uh, accomplishing this and this and this before the meal, well, then I can't take it. Right? No, be careful there because... This is a table of grace. This is a table for sinners, Yep. a table for those who uh, desire to profess their faith in a Savior, a Savior named Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I always find that, that balance, that maybe even struggle between am I ready to take it, am I not ready to take it, like all of those kind of things. There's a really interesting wrestling mm-hmm. that goes in. To preparing to take communion, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it it's an interesting thing because you know that wrestling. I think it differs for most for people. Um, our my wrestling is different from Gary's wrestling, which is different from anybody else's is wrestling, and vice versa. Because the sacrament, I would say more so than the worship, more so than even the message is intensely personal right intensely personal there's an aspect to it where we as a family of christ gather around together but when we partake it is our connection through the holy spirit with christ that is is being celebrated not our in terms of just the church but me i'm i'm doing this right and in that respect readying our hearts can also be a challenge but it can also be a joy because in that moment, it can lead to repentance, it can lead to celebration, it can lead to praise, it can lead to a lot of things. So it's very interesting how our hearts are affected by it if we're open to them.
0: Is that why there's an emphasis, like, we're telling you now, hey, we're going to celebrate it. Yep. Is that why there's an emphasis in the Reformed camp on the preparation before the actual celebrating of communion? Yeah. Like According to both of the Reformed liturgies, we say it the week before, and we say, hey, we are going to celebrate this next week. Now, I know I've fallen on that, and oh, I forgot to say it this week, that we're going to do it next week. But then I I try to rectify it by either the Wednesday update or or some kind of email that says, hey, we're going to be celebrating it. It's not, again— the guideline versus the rule kind of thing. It's not every time that I'm, I'm accomplishing that, but I think there's a, there's an interesting thought pattern in why we do that preparation. Yeah. Why we make sure to say in advance of that Sunday, Hey, this is going to be happening next Sunday. This is going to be happening this week. Even at the beginning of the service, I, 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 I try to work this in too. Hey, welcome to church this Sunday we are going to be singing, we're going to be hearing the message, and we're going to be celebrating communion. If nothing else then, if you forgot all the way through the week, oh yeah, that's right, we're going to celebrate communion, then at least you have that 30, 40 minutes to prepare your heart that way for communion in some way. Yeah, Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you know, I would say with eight, seven out of ten, eight out of 10 times, you know, it's the week prior, but just like you, there have been weeks where I forgot. Right. And, and, and in those moments, it's important to say that morning, yes, let's ready our hearts for communion for those exact reasons. Because whether we are called to repentance, whether we're called to praise, whether we're called to just acknowledge God's grace, whether we're called to mourn, be happy, whatever, It's important for us to get our hearts in that place where we can uh, not only participate in but receive the grace of Christ.
0: And you hit on something there, too, whether it's repent, whether it's celebrate, there's another struggle. Like, I I think communion is sort of this encapsulating umbrella of there's struggle, there's joy, there's heartache, there's peace, there's comfort, there's wonder. A lot of wonder, like I think Calvin uses that all the time, doesn't he? There's a lot of wonder. There's a lot of mystery in this thing. And that's a cool word, uh, uh, an interesting word to attach to communion. But part of the struggle there is this is a funeral. Like this is celebrating the fact that Christ did die, uh, remembering the fact that this is the last time that he ate with his disciples. There's a celebration That he is about to, at that time, take the sins of the world on his shoulders. That we are now free, remembering what he did. So there's a celebration in there. And there's a celebration of what's to come. The fact that we get to have this meal face-to-face with him someday. Like, that's how we're going to sit at the same table with him. We're going to have that banquet, that great banquet Mm that gets talked about Like all of those things, it's a wrestle between being sad about it, being happy about it, uh, doing it with somberness and doing it with joy. Like all of those things, kind of different angles to look at it, right?
1: Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity for us, uh, you know, in the leading up to and in the participation of. uh, It's a perfect opportunity for us to kind of dive into our own heart space right? uh, Mm -hmm. and and. In that way, draws us closer to not on, only our own reality, but draws us closer to Christ and where we need Him. That He may or may not have been present prior, right? So,
0: because He's in every one of those spaces, absolutely.
1: Right? And and by the way, I know some of this is you know this podcast is getting to know your pastors. I I'm sure Gary would speak to this too. Um, serving communion is one of the biggest joys that I have as a pastor. I love giving the message. I there. There's a lot about being a pastor that I that I celebrate, but I think giving communion and baptism, but communion is probably one of the most joyful times of the month right. that I experience. What about you, Gary?
0: I, I struggle with the timing that we, you know, we try to order our services, try to be orderly and try to get out on time and all that kind of stuff. Part of the reason I'm excited about this Lent series, about doing communion every time, it could, how do I say it nice, uh, it could stand alone as the message. Yeah. Like, yeah, looking yeah. at the specific passages where Christ says, do this in remembrance of me, looking at First Corinthians where Paul gives the instructions, like, you almost need half an hour just on communion. Yeah. Because I don't tire of it. I Granted, I, I understand listeners, um, uh, sit and listen to Gary or Jesse uh, talk over and over again in the same direction or in the same way. Yep, the same liturgy communion, the same liturgy. Yep. But man, there's so many angles to it, and I think that was part of my hope for this series. Even uh, my hope for celebrating it every week. Like, could we take like a tiny little angle every Sunday? Oh, absolutely. And say like, hey, yeah, when we get to Valley of the Shadow of Death, like let's call that like our somber funeral kind of feel and look at how sad this had to be for those disciples. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death yeah. and recognizing that even in that Christ walks with us, yeah. uh, recognizing that that's fine. And then you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like that's almost self-explanatory, yeah, exactly. right? Like yep. in the presence of my enemies, when everything is horrible around us, you prepare this table. And I think it was mentioned to me as a comment at one point, like uh, they were listening to another pastor preach on that specific verse. And just the recognition of not like 200 feet away or or uh, two cities away from the enemies in the presence of my enemies. So sitting down right in the bee's nest or in the hornet's nest, yeah, and chilling and relaxing, yeah, <laughs> and, and having a meal in the middle of that that's crazy, yeah, it makes no sense, none. And that's what Christ is offering. Like, how do you rectify that? How do you do that? Yeah, and and I think there's some trust in the middle of that, too. Like, I trust Him enough to sit right here and be in the presence of my enemies, knowing that they could attack at any time. And be the least anxious presence in the yeah, middle of it. I, like, I, ah, God's got it.
1: Just like Christ when, Isn't you that know, amazing? The, he's sitting there and less than 24 hours later, he's going to be hung up on a cross for the sins of all mankind. Right. Sits there and just at peace has a meal with his brothers. I, you know, do you, how, who amongst us could sit there if we were, if we knew without a doubt. That our life was threatened to the point that we were about to be executed. Who amongst us could sit there without any trepidation whatsoever and right. go, Hey guys, let's share a meal together. You know, I mean that that's And that's your betrayer impressive. is
0: like right there. Right. Like, I mean how it, amazing,
1: right? It's it it's one of those things that you look at Christ and you go, Man, he really was the son of God because
0: Just amazing the ability. That example, right? Yeah,
1: it's that's why the, the whole communion is, is special and important. And right. And that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: And so that was all out of that question. Like, is it one of the favorite things to celebrate? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I, I love the, the liturgy, the example. I'm an analogy guy. I love, like, oh, this is a picture of this. And that's, like, communion is one of the ultimate analogies. Mm-hmm. It's an ultimate picture of what christ did of the ripping of the bread i love it when the bread isn't uh pre-cut yeah and you have to rip and it's all jagged yep on the edges and like the messiness of it i love it when uh the bread crumbs like drop all over the place and it's kind of a picture of like wow my life is really messy yeah and this is what christ came for to to clean up my messiness and to know that he exists in the messiness, that it's not all going to be clean here, and that someday it will be all clean. And yeah. all of those analogies that wrap up in there, i, I that's why I think I'm looking forward to uh, Psalm, like, taking one verse at a time is going to be zoomed in enough that I think this is a little bit of my plan anyways. Uh, maybe you'll do the same, maybe not, but a little bit shorter of a message, so mm-hmm. maybe, you know, kind of zoom in on one verse and then we get to spend that much longer talking about communion every time. Yep. Like that's amazing, right? Yep,
1: absolutely. And and I think I'm going to do basically the exact same thing and I think there's something to be said with the language that we use in terms of the communion when at least I say, you know, this body is broken for you. This blood is shed for you, right? So you sit here and you you actually watch the bread be broken in half and torn,
0: right? You know, right. and
1: like just ripped apart. And if you realize that that is a a a the way that Christ did for us, body ripped apart, yeah. torn to shreds, right? Hung on a cross, broken, and He did that not for who? For you.
0: Amazing, right? For
1: you. His blood falls, just drips, just puddles everywhere for you. Right. It's
0: great. Love this it. This is so deep and so awesome. And I want to push time out. And uh, I got totally thrown off my game by this last comment. Shout out, you—you remember Grayson?
1: Oh yeah. Shout
0: out to Grayson who is listening right good, now.
1: Grayson and Jan- good old grenade. Grayson and Janae, one
0: of the most talented musicians we know. Shout out Grayson, you guys are awesome. Miss you, yep. love you. Uh, he gave us a little uh, <laughs> a little note here. Pre-cut communion bread shouldn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grayson a boy. <laughs> Preach, Preach,
1: Preach it, brother. Preach it. Oh, that's funny. Oh,
0: so glad you're listening, man. That's uh, funny. Good to hear from you. Love it. Um, so communion, like, oh, I know what else I was going to say. We could just go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I really enjoyed, uh, the crucio weekends, uh, you know, where you kind of do the testimony thing and uh, a group of people goes to grow deeper and all that kind of stuff. I had the uh, privilege of doing what they call, like, a talk on the sacraments. Mm. And so you get, like, X amount of time to just focus in on what is communion. And it was one of my favorite things to do because, ah, oh, just to be given sort of a, a good chunk, a good window yeah. to really dive into what is happening here. Yeah. And I chased, actually, at that time, I chased uh, covenant language, uh, what he promised to Abraham, uh, how he ties between baptism and communion and how those are interwoven in a lot of ways and how each one points to Christ specifically, like there's so much good in there. And so, yes, uh long answer, very long answer to your question. Is it one of your favorites? Yeah. 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 I love doing it. And that's the joy that we're hopefully going to be experiencing Mm-hmm. over this lent series as we go through communion every week.
1: That's the hope and the prayer. So I mean, you know, we could say it here and we'll say it again every Sunday but prepare your hearts for when we uh, partake right. of that uh get ready to experience the the joy, the call to repentance, the celebration, the mourning, the, the everything. Right. Uh because Christ is with us in that. So
0: the Lent series, the focusing on Psalm 23, is going to last six weeks, so one verse every week that culminates with Easter, uh, with, uh, Holy Week, uh, the 14th, the 15th is Thursday and Friday. On my calendar right now, I have Orange City doing Monday, Thursday, Sheldon, Sheldon doing Good Friday, is That, that correct?
1: That is correct, yep. So,
0: mark that on your calendars, um... What we've done in the past, I assume we'll kind of do this similarly, um, quite similar services, Mm -hmm. um, Thursday and Friday. Kind of that solemn feel, but yet a tinge of hope uh, to quote, uh, I'm going to miss on his name, uh, Tony Campolo, I think, right? Yep. Uh, Yes, it's Thursday. Yes, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Yeah. So kind of that, uh, this is downhearted, but something great is going to be coming something great is happening in a couple of days and so then that would all culminate in the celebration of easter sunday on the 17th right
1: absolutely and we're looking forward to that oh uh, yeah for sure uh, so uh regardless of whether you uh go to the sheldon campus primarily orange city campus primarily i'd actually encourage all of us to to attend uh, both campuses yeah in yeah. all reality go for both uh last year i went to orange cities uh, here on monday thursday and i think you went to sheldon's on good friday if yep. i recall and uh yeah it's just really nice to because we unfortunately we don't get the opportunity to get together a lot it's just really nice to celebrate have the chance to celebrate with our, our sister campus. For sure, so.
0: absolutely. Yep. So make sure you mark your calendars 14th, 15th, and then of course Easter Sunday, uh, culminating in that uh, Lent series. Yep. Uh, in the short term, what do we got coming up? Uh, events, anything they got to mark their calendars for?
1: Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think anything uh, hugely major. I know there's some stuff coming up in May that we're shooting for and we'll We'll announce that a little bit later on, and of course, you know, we look forward to uh, Tula festival and rice fest, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Uh, but yeah, just generally Sunday stuff. As far as look forward to, excuse me, look forward to a a, a few baptisms, a bunch of professions of faith, some new member welcomes, that kind of stuff.
0: Who okay. you got in March Madness? Who are you thinking?
1: Oh, geez, Gonzaga. Duke? No, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Gonzaga every year, man. Rated number one. Yep, I've got the. I've had them since I was thirteen years old. Did
0: I tell you? Have I told you this story? Um... Part of the reason that I love Gonzaga is because when my oldest son was one, two years old, something like that, uh, wherever it is that you start to kind of blabble, like not quite say words, but kind of say words. Yep. He said that he wanted to cheer, cheer for Zangaga, <laughs> and that nice. has been kind of a, a go-to for which college do we want to cheer for, nice. uh, where we tied to, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so Zingaga, go Zingaga. We're um, going to fill out the brackets and make sure you put them as uh, As the number champion. one champions yeah.
1: overall. Go Zingugu. Go Zingugu. Zingugu. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we covered uh, be in prayer for Ukraine. We covered the sermon series that is coming up. We didn't talk about wrapping up both of the previous series, but oh, maybe yeah. we can do that some other time. Yeah, yeah. We've talked for a long time now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel
1: I feel like most people are like, we got the big stuff on yeah, the table. Yeah, we got it's it. We figure it
0: out. We so, should, yeah. Read Psalm 23. Figure on uh, focusing on that for the next six weeks, even. Uh, make it a goal if you haven't already. Memorize that thing. Let's yeah. see how that goes. Yep. And then celebrate communion every week for the next six weeks at both of your respective campuses.
1: Amen to that should all be good. All
0: right. With all that, Jesse, I love your face. Love your face. I said it too quick. No, you said uh, it too quick. I Go slower. Love, I love
1: your, your face. face.
0: Yeah! yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. We First
1: we try.